You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give. It's by your hand. That's just the
John 
because you're worthy. Yes, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. Yes, from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory. Thank you for the offering today, and since last Sunday night, we've had three deaths, and one was my cousin Sunday night, and Monday morning was Rhonda, uh, Shirley's niece, and Friday night, I think it was Tom's mother, and uh, I just want you to remember that it's holiday time, and there's times that people are going through grieving time. But I want to say one more thing before Randy gets up here. I asked Randy to do this because I knew I'd be in the midst of some of this. But I know that God is talking today. And the praises were going up. But God was telling me sitting there, something's hindering some. If you're being hindered, you need to let it go. Whatever needs to be set right in your life that hinders you, from raising your hands. When they start singing Jerusalem, they're talking about your home. Don't let the enemy bring you back in. You know what? This is home. This, this place where, where the Holy Spirit comes and the refuge of knowing that we got a, a promise of a city coming, that's home. And when they sing about it, I don't know about you, but if they'd have, if Betty, Betty, I know the devil's fighting you, but if you'd have raised that a half a key, we probably went to heaven. Because it, it was, I felt the presence of God all through that. God is good. Praise God. Good morning, church. I've been wrestling with this all week long. Because we've got that heaven that we're all trying to obtain. But how many knows there's a lot of suffering? We go through a lot of suffering. We go through a lot of trials. We go through... A lot of things on this path and on the way. And How many knows that if you're really a true, blood-bought, born-again child of God, you're going to suffer these things. It's actually appointed. It's ordered unto us to suffer as Christ suffered. And there's one thing about suffering, none of us like it. The Bible says to rejoice in it and to be glad in it. A lot of times when suffering comes my way, I'm not that way. It takes God doing some prodding and some nudging and and pulling some things out. And you know what? Sometimes it, it's not always suffering. It's not always a thing where we, we've actually been out in sin or we've done this or we've done that. A lot of times it is. Don't get me wrong. Some way God's going to get your attention. But he's, there's things in our life that we don't even realize is wrong in God's, in God's sight. And he's got to purify those things. He's got to get us out of that, Duran. Duran, that's got to be gone before we can enter into the gates of heaven. Throughout our walk, there's things that God's got to cut out of our life that we don't necessarily like. And in the Bible, they're called the times of suffering and trials. And we all go through them. And we all go through them for different reasons. The loss of loved ones. Losses of jobs. 
just doubt and worry when you see all this craziness going on in this world. The one thing we've got to remember is through all this, the most important thing when you're going through these trials is how you're handling these trials. How are you dealing with the things that God's laid before you? Or maybe Satan's laid them before you. Maybe you've laid them before yourself with the way you're acting and you're doing and you're turning and you're walking back on God. Well, he's going to get your attention in some way, shape, or form to draw you back. Not because he hates you or he's trying to shove you away, because he's drawing you. He wants every one of us to enter into the kingdom of God. And you're not going to get there without some scars. But praise God, we can get there directly. We can get there if we follow what's set before us. If we listen to the word of God, if we apply it to our lives, glory can be our home. But friend, when we don't, how many knows we can add to our own sufferings? We can add to our own sufferings or we can help to get them out of there, Sister Shirley. If we can turn and we repent or we listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying and we, we move in the direction that he wants us to go, we can shorten those times of suffering sometimes. Nobody can mend a broken heart like God can. I can give you all the words. People can try to comfort you when you lose a, a, a loved one or, or, or something really comes up big in your life that, you know, maybe only you know about it. Sometimes, you know what, we suffer on the inside and nobody else knows a thing about it. Those times of suffering is what I'm talking about. Those times of suffering is when we need to draw nigh and draw into God's word and draw to him in prayer and say, Lord, what are you trying to do in my life? God, what are you trying to show me? Lord, are you trying to move me in this direction? Stop me from this? Are you trying to encourage me in that? There's always a point and a purpose for suffering when it comes in our life. It's never there for no reason. Most of the time it's there to continue purifying us, to continue us in our walk and on our path with God. We don't understand suffering to a certain degree when it comes to persecution of suffering for our faith, like some of our brothers in Jamaica does, like my brothers Mark and them in Uganda do. They suffer a true suffering for, and persecution for their faith in Jesus Christ. You and I are able to gather here today and other than a few that might be laughing outside, that's all the persecution that we suffer most of the time. We might suffer ridicule and some laughing and things like that, but we don't suffer like they do. So we're blessed in this nation to be able to gather today and worship God Almighty, the one that's made the way for us out of this suffering. And this is not just a doom and gloom message. In their suffering, there is always a way out. He's always made a way of escape. But we have got to learn that our attitude in that suffering is what God is trying to change. Through all of it, and I've got it written down in, in my notes here, and Brother DJ says this all the time, and that's what kept coming up when I was reading all these. You, you would be absolutely amazed at how many scriptures is in your Bible about suffering. How many times the word is used to suffer or suffering, and it's not always Christ's suffering, it's the suffering of the body of Christ as well. But Brother DJ always says that the main reason for this, and he doesn't always say suffering, but our main goal, the main thing that the Holy Spirit does is to change us and to transform us into the image of his beloved son, into the image of Jesus Christ. How many knows? That when we walk in the flesh, we're not in the image of Christ. 
And I don't care who you are when you walk through this old world. You're going to do things. You're going to say things. You're, you're, you're going to have times in your life when you're going to get a little dirt on your feet. And then you need to get a little dirt on your knees. And we got to come through repentance and saying, Lord God, please show me what to do that I don't go back and do that same thing again. Help me, Lord, to do what you want me to do. Help me to be, Lord, what you want me to be. If you'll turn with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter is, the whole book is about suffering, basically. But it's also about blessings. It's also about how to find a way out. It's about what God is trying to do through these things when they come upon us. In 1 Peter, the first chapter, I want to read verses 3 through 9. I hear something still turning here, so we'll get it just a second. In 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fades not away reserved in heaven for you it's reserved there so we've got to make sure that we get there to to collect on this it says who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in that last time wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be you are in heaviness through manifold temptations or trials that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love, and whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Friend, there's nothing more precious than when God would still deal with us. People that are fallen. We're, we're in a fallen nature. We're in a fallen world. And you've got to understand that. And when God comes to you, and when God comes to me, and when he corrects us, and he's trying to get us back on that straight and narrow path, and he's trying to remove those impurities and those things that are in our lives that is uh, not very not pleasing to the Father, it's not good for our walk, it's not good for the way people sees us. How many people is in here, have, uh, you're blood-bought, you, you walk with God every day, but you've had things and instances come up in your life when you've walked out of a situation or a conversation with somebody and you think, man, I just blew it. As soon as you walk away, you hear the Holy Spirit say, I put them right in your path today, and you blew it. Man, I've done it way more times than I than I want to uh, be accounted for. You know, so sometimes those little things, God has to come back, and they call that suffering. But after that suffering is done, we're going to greatly rejoice, Brother DJ, in the salvation and being changed into the image of Christ. It, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. It's never suffering. The, the definition for suffering is the bearing of pain, inconvenience or loss, pain endured, distress, loss or in, injury incurred as sufferings by pain or sorrow. It also means sufferings by want or by wrong. How many know sometimes we can be done wrong by others and we suffer at the hands of others that sometimes they intentionally mean to do what they're doing and other times it's accidental? 
But can I tell you, church, if you've suffered at the hand of a brother or sister in Christ and it's something foolish and you've been up underneath that and you've been bearing that, go to them and make a peace about that. Go to God and say, Lord, help me to get over this. I've been wronged by this person, but I want to forgive them, Jesus, because I want to press on with you and I can't do it, Lord, without a clean heart. I can't do it when we hold on to these, to these negativities and we hold on to wanting to fight and cut at the body of Christ. We can never be in one if we can't get along. How are you and I ever going to forgive and bring others into the body of Christ and have that great witness if we sit around and we pout and we moan and we whine about those that are in the body of Christ with us? we got to lay it down, church. God has been for years and since the beginning of this word and for the last few years, God has been trying to bring us back together, back in as a body of one. And like I said before, it's not because we're the worst body of believers in loving. That ain't got nothing to do with it. It's because we're still walking in this flesh. It's because we still do fleshly things from time to time. And God wants to, and he desires to cut those things out of our lives. The causes of suffering, I wrote a few of them down here. Number one says we suffer because we live in a fallen world where sin reigns in the hearts of men. It don't take long, Bobby, looking around to see that sin reigns in the hearts of men these days. And because of their uh, ignorant decisions and the things that they decide to do, how many knows as a Christian, a lot of times, especially as a Christian, we're going to suffer. And we're going to suffer a little more than they do. Because when you try to stand up for God and you try to walk as Christ walked and you have some integrity and character about yourself, they don't. So they want to look down on us and make us feel belittled when actually they're the ones that's belittling themselves. And we got to rise up above that church. We got to realize that they are lost. They're suffering the greatest suffering that can ever be done because they're suffering without Christ. We're suffering with Christ and we're suffering through the things of God because as Christ suffered, we all must also suffer. The second point says we suffer because of our own foolishness at times. Galatians 6, 7 through 9 says this. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows unto the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in the well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In these trials and things, when God's got us and we're burdened up underneath something, if we don't let go, if we keep trying, if we keep praying and saying, God, what is this in my life you're trying to get out of me? What are you trying to show me, Lord? Where are you wanting me to turn to and put my foot down next? That's the attitude we need to have, not why me, Lord? Oh, woe is me, Lord. Why me? Why not him? He don't do as good as I do. Has that ever swelled up in your spirit before? It has mine. It has mine. If we're honest with ourselves, I think it happens more often than we would really like to claim. But in due season, if we faint not, if we keep hanging on to the word of God and doing what the Holy Spirit has instructed and leaded us to do, he will trim these things out of our life, Sister Connie. Like the heavenly surgeon just gently removing things. And it, 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 it's not always, it's not as painful as it could be. If we listen and we follow 
with our ears and with our hearts. The third thing I had wrote down was sometimes we suffer because it's God's discipline for us. How many knows that how many times you sit back and you read a lot in the Old Testament? How many times the children of Israel got out of the will of God? One chapter you're reading and everything is just great and they're praising God and they're on the right track. Two days later they're out and, and the priest is building idols for them and, and they're worshiping all forms of God. How many knows me and you can get in those states as well? And God's got to send some discipline our way. Not because he's mad at us, not because he hates us, or that he's trying to kick us out of the choir, so to speak. He's trying to trim those things out of your life because it breaks his heart. And he knows that sin cannot enter into heaven. And he knows that you have got to repent of these things and get this stuff out of your life. That you can walk as a true child of God, a true born-again believer, not just a churchgoer. Hebrews 12, 6 and 7 says this. He says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chastens not? Friend, if you're here today and you've never endured any of this suffering, you've never endured chastisement of the Lord, you've always sat around in peace and there's nothing wrong in your life, look out. Something might be wrong. You might not be where you think you need to be. The Lord chastens. He said everyone that comes to him, he chastens as a son. And why does he do that? Because he loves us. He loves us enough to tell them the truth, to tell us the truth. Do you not love your children enough to tell them the truth when they do wrong? Do you not try to guide them and lead them and direct them away from things that you know will cause destruction and harm in their life? It's no different with the Father. He does the same thing for each and every one of us. And it's because He knows there's suffering in that. He knows there's shame in that. He knows you're destroying your testimony when you do those types of things. So He wants to clean us up and make us whole. There is a thing called progressive sanctification. You you may come in as a babe drinking the, the little bit of milk, but you need to get into the Word of God and get sanctified and grow up some as you walk with God. We can't stay babes our whole life. If you stay babes your whole life, you're just heaping for yourself way more suffering than you need to go through. I mean, man, I I go through, I feel like I go through enough of it on my own. And a lot of times it's it's for the same reason. If you ever have somebody stand up here behind this desk and tell you that they're sinless, they're a liar. If you ever have them say, look, I'm I'm walking a perfect walk with God. I don't need any suffering. Friend, turn and run from those things. Run, run, run away from them as quick as you can. And it also says, number four says, we may suffer persecution for our faith or standing up for our righteousness. Paul said, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. He said that over in 2 Timothy 3 and 12. So if you try to live a godly life in your workplace or wherever it is that you may go, in your family a lot of times is where I see it, and you try to live a godly life and you try to exemplify Christ and you try to live your life the best you can according to this word of God and you condemn some things that they're doing, you condemn other things that's going on out in this world and you get pushed back, you're going to get flack from those 
they are within your own family, within this family, within our body. Sometimes we don't always chide together. But God is trying to get us to chide together. And when we live as a godly life, it should not be some thing that we're not used to or that it just kind of hits us out of the blue. Actually, when we go on over, it says that suffering, or no, hold on now, I messed up. And that all that who live in Christ Jesus shall suffer with persecution. That's 2 Timothy 3 and 12. And suffering is always painful. Suffering never feels good. Has anybody ever suffered anything and they truly rejoiced that the Bible says to rejoice? I had a real hard time with that, Pastor, when I was reading all this. I thought, God, how in the world when somebody is downhearted and some of the things that I know that some of you have went through, I've been blessed. When I look at some of the things you guys go through and what the apostles and what Christ went through and all these things, my sufferings are nothing compared to what I've seen some of you go through, what some of you are going through right now. Your sufferings are great. Your need is great. You need God to move on your behalf in a mighty, mighty way. And the way to do that is on your knees through prayer, reaching out to the body of Christ to help you, to lend a hand in praying and asking and seeking God, Lord, for his help. The same one that puts us in that time of suffering is the same one that will deliver you out of that suffering. How many knows that today? That's the only way. He's the only way. It's hard. Suffering's hard. And it proved, but it proves our character and our integrity. It builds our faith and our trust in the Lord. If you and I never walk through any trials, and if you and I never come up against things where God says, look, that's got to go, you know what we would do? We would get very complacent. We would come to church. We'd be the little Sunday warrior come Sunday morning. And you sit here and we just get complacent. We don't do anything for God. We get real comfortable. We, get, we become comfortable Christians when there's no suffering or there's no trial. And if you're not going through a trial right now, friend, just wait. There's one coming. There's something coming in your life that God is sending you away, that the devil has asked and can send your way, or that just life in general, living in this fallen world, there's something headed your way. I want you to turn with me, if you would, just over a couple pages to 1 Peter chapter 4. Verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 12 through 19, and I'll try to read through this quickly. And this is what the point I was getting at. We think a lot of times when things come upon us, how many has ever asked, why, Lord? Why me? Why now? Why do I got to suffer this? Verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, for the spirit and glory of God rest upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Whoa, that's one. That's one. And then I'm, we're not going to stay parked there long. 
But that's one. As a busy body, going about other people's business. You know, if you and I would keep our, our, our mind and our, and our faith and our walk and our eyes on our own walk, we would all have a little better walk. We would all not stir up too much junk. I mean, it, it's awful funny that in, in, in a room of 50 people, one person can say one thing to one person, and, and by the end of a week's time, half of them will know what's going on. Why is that? Busybodies. We're too worried about what the other one's doing. Now, I'm not saying if you see someone out in sin, you should keep your mouth shut and not go to them with a brotherly love and say, look, you know, and explain to them through Scripture what they're doing is wrong. But when you hear little silly nonsense things come up about other people, the best way you can stomp that out is to keep your mouth shut. And we'll go on. For the time has come, it says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begins with us, what shall the end of them be that obey not the gospel? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Friend, when you and I suffer for righteousness' sake, when you and I suffer for the gospel, when you and I suffer for lifting up the name of Christ, he says to count it all joy because it's being recorded in glory. You are going to be blessed for the things that you are doing in Jesus' name. When you are out and you are being a witness and you are testifying of the goodness and the grace of God and how God has brought you through something, he's put you through a trial sometimes with a sickness or with something going on in your life. There's a hurdle there. He's trying to get you over that because there's somebody going to be right down the line in your path that needs to hear God will get you through this. He can get you over this. He can heal you. He can make you whole. You will never do that if you've never been through that. You can't stand up here and preach about something that, that is never, I can, but it never has the power of something that I've been through personally. You know, I started my own business a few years ago, and it's been a trial. It's been one thing after another, Duran, you know. It's been one thing after another. Say, God, I don't know which way to turn. I don't know what to do. The money's not coming in. Where's the work, Lord? You know, all he said, all these times, trust me, trust me. And it's easy to fall back in this flesh. It's easy to fall back and say, God, I, I don't have GE or I don't have some other big company. I don't have the railroad team that's there to, to sign and make out them checks on Friday. It's me and God. And that makes it, that, that turns that fire up. There's many more if you work for yourself, Mark, and some other. I know a lot of you do. And man, that was something for me, Mark, when I started out on this journey. Because I thought I really had all my faith and trust in God. And then Thursday would roll around and say, oh, oh. But Friday, Duran, it was always there, what needed to be there. There might not have been a great abundance. There may not have been a lot of overflowing. There may still not be to this day, but there's always enough there to pay our bills, to keep our lights on, to pay for our cars and get our gas and our food. And there's always a little bit left over to give to somebody else. And I praise him for that today. It says the number one reason, like I said in the beginning, for our suffering is to conform us believers into the image and character of Christ. Romans 8, 28 and 29 says, and we know... We all know this scripture. And we know that all things work together for good 
to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And Brother DJ, like I said, he, man, he uses that one all the time. And DJ, there's nothing more truthful. I'm not trying to toot your horn, but as I've read this and I've studied this out, I've read over that, and it just, it's really resonated with me. And it's really changed the way I look at some things. And I thank God for that as well. Church, he, he's trying to do a work in all of us. He's trying to do a work in all of us. He's not trying to just take all your fun. He's not trying to steal your joy. He's trying to take the junk out of your life that artificially gives you a, a good time or fun. And he's trying to replace that with true joy and happiness in your soul. You know you've got true joy when you can walk through the midst of these trials and these bad things and then phone calls that this one just passed away or this one's down at the hospital sick. And through it all, it's not that you're rejoicing in that they're sick, but you're, you're rejoicing in that you know the one that is able to reach out and touch them. You know the one that is able through prayer. You might be three states away, but he knows where that wayward loved one is at. He knows how to reach out and touch them. He knows exactly who to send their way, to open their eyes, to get them to see the gospel. It may not be you. I have fought and dealt with trying to witness and bring about a change in my son. Until it finally come to the point, and it's like God spoke and said, you're not the one. Let up. I was pushing too hard. I was pushing because I wanted to see the change now. How many know sometimes we're not going to see the change in our lifetime? You may have a lost loved one child, you may have a lost spouse, and God I pray for you that do, you come here week in and week out faithfully without your other half, without your union, I can't even imagine the suffering that takes place in that I can't but God is always going to fulfill his promises he may not use you he may not use me to reach my son he may use you to reach my son. And he may use me to reach you. I mean, there's a lot of times when we really love someone and we're close to that someone. We just don't want to listen to them. I don't know how else to put it. I, I, I was told, you know, my whole life things. It's not that you hate or, or disregard your parents, but... How many knows you always think you know better than they do? Uh-huh. Let's get real for a minute. But then somebody else can say something to you, same thing, out of the blue, and it hits you. You know what? The old man tried to tell me that for years. And then you realize how smart the old man might have been. Our suffering, thank God it has an ending. One of them sang a song. There, there'll be no suffering. There'll be no pain in heaven, Tim. All those sufferings, all these trials, all these things that we go through to get there. But we got to go through them to get there, too. Don't we? We got to be changed. 
And when you're trying, when he's trying to change this flesh, this corruptible heathen flesh into the image of his son, that takes quite a miracle. That takes the Holy Spirit working in and of our lives. But how many knows we can buck up against him? We can refuse the correction. He tries. He tries over and over and over again. Because he wants every one of us to wind up in that glorious place called heaven with Jesus Christ our Lord, the one that suffered, the one that really suffered. Why was his suffering so significant? Why was his suffering so much greater and so much more talked about than the suffering of the apostles and all the other ones in there? Because he suffered for us all. And he suffered for us all through a sinless body. He was perfectly sinless, but yet he suffered, Duran. He suffered everything. He willingly suffered and laid his life down that you and I could go free. So that you and I could have salvation. He went to the cross and he suffered tremendously that you and I could have this justification. That you and I could walk in sanctification. And that you and I one day can be glorified right along beside of him. The word says we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But you've got to be in Christ Jesus. So many today, and I, I feel this in my spirit, we come in and we come out. We come in and we come out. And there's some of you sitting in here today. You don't have your walk right with God. You know there's things in your life that needs to be taken out of your life. He's mentioned it to you time and time again, but it's still there. You've turned the cold shoulder to it. You've turned your back on it. And God is saying, turn to me. I love you. I will help you. I will take that from you. Give it to me. He wants your sin. He wants your heartache. He wants our struggles and our troubles. Not to be mean, not to club us over the head, but because he loves us and he knows what's around the corner for us. And we walk, if we walk as this world walks, how do you ever expect God to bless you in that? God will not bless, DJ, a spirit of rebellion. He will not bless someone does, that does not want to say, Lord, I've struggled with this. Lord, I've had this alcohol in my life. Lord, I've had this, I look at this nasty stuff in my life. Lord, I'm, I'm not married and I'm sleeping with this one and I'm running around with that one. Do you not know that he wants to take that away from you? That he wants to purify you and make you whole? He wants to change you into image of his son, Jesus Christ. And Christ never did those things. So what makes us think we can? What makes someone that labels themselves as a Christian think it's okay to lay out here and drink and run around and, and, and whore around and do these things when the word of God says that a drunkard shall never inherit the kingdom of God? That those that are adulterers will not inherit the kingdom of God? You're talking about suffering when you are put without. When Jesus says, I never knew you. That's suffering. Because you're going to suffer the separation from God Almighty for all of eternity. But the thing is, is His grace and His mercy, it is always there. And He is trying 
to pull you out of that mess you're in. It don't matter how many times you've went back to it. Come out of it. We've all failed. We've all come short. And I know there's some that know they've never done no wrong. Yes, you have. Quit looking like you haven't because you're making it real hard on the rest of us. <laughs> you're making it real hard on the rest of us. But the worst part is we make it real hard when we act like that. For that lost one in the pew that says, oh man, these all got their act together. Ain't no way I'm going up there. Shame on us, church, when we get like that. We all, this carpet still looked awfully new up here at these pews. There's no war spots in them. And by war, I mean two wars. There's no war spots because there's no war. Been going on up here for our lost loved ones. For those in our family that's suffering with affliction. Those that are suffering with addiction, those that are suffering because they don't know Jesus Christ, what are we doing, church? We ain't coming up here week in and week out and battling for them. Sorry, but I don't see it. It grieves my heart when I sit back there. And you heard me, I sat back there a lot of times too. Why are we not why are we not going to the one and crying out to the only one? That can change the situation. That can, that can enter into a person's heart from 50,000 miles away. But you can pray and he'll enter in. And he'll do exactly what they need. We give up too, too quickly. And when you give up prematurely. And you back out of a war. You back out of a battle. Or you sit down and you keep your mouth shut when God's trying to stand you up and make you talk. You're going to suffer greatly. You're going to suffer more. I don't know about you, church, but I, 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 don't, I don't like suffering. Suffering's painful. Suffering hurts. None of us like it. None of us enjoy it. But why don't we do what we can do to make it as short as possible? Why don't we do what we can do to make it as short as possible? Suffering is a process. Romans 5, 3, and 4 says this, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also, knowing that tribulation works patience, and patience experience, and experience gives us that blessed hope. What hope? The hope that you can be born again. The hope that you can be saved. The hope that you can overcome that addiction. The hope that you can walk this walk with God. It only comes through faith. Experience, time, trials, suffering, all of that brings about a hope. I see hope and perseverance in some people that I'm like, Lord, I, would, uh, I need that. And it makes me wonder sometimes how they got that, Tim. And I know how they got it. On their knees, they got it through a lot of pain. They got it through a lot of tears. They got it through a long time of suffering. They got it through a, a, a not hardening their heart and turning their back on God when things got tough, but running to Him in prayer and running to His Word and saying, Lord, I don't know what you're trying to show me, but God, help me. I know, I, Lord, I'm ignorant and I've done this stupid thing again, but Lord, forgive me and help me. All we got to do is cry out to Him, church. He's faithful. He is always faithful. We're the unfaithful ones. We're the ones that get off track. We're the ones that get back in this flesh and we start walking a walk that we shouldn't be walking. And the whole time God is saying, come back, come back, come back. He's not trying 
to duck you over the head. But he will if you won't listen. He will if you won't listen and you won't come back. Suffering produces wisdom and patience and maturity. James 1, 3 and verse, uh, James chapter 1, 3 and 4 says this. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect or mature and entire, wanting nothing. Oh God, Becky, if I can ever get to that point. If I can ever get to that point, I'm not there, Jim. I, I seem like I'm always coming up short. I'm always lacking, and I find myself always, Lord, why did I do that again? Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Is that the cry of your heart this morning, Lord, help me? Or is it, Lord, you didn't see that again, did you? <laughs> we got to get our attitudes right. We got to get. We got to get our attitude right. We got to get our hearts, our lives, and our walk in line with the Word of God. You and I cannot be a Christian. We cannot be a successful Christian. We can't help nobody if we're rebelling and acting out against everything that God tries to take out or change or alter in our lives. We can't do it. How can someone that looks like a, a balled up mess when a little something comes up give anybody any hope? I'm not saying that suffering's not real. I'm not saying that it can be hard. But there's sometimes there's things that comes up in our lives that we're truly not suffering. It's just a little irritation. But then we cry and whine like it's the end of the world. When God is just simply trying to remove some things, He's trying to purify and cleanse some things to where He can set you up on a pedestal and use you to minister to others, to help those in your family that may not know Jesus Christ. With the suffering that He went through, why would we suffer? Under these sufferings and under these burdens, don't run away from Him, church. Run to Him. Don't run away. Run to Him. Suffering gives us a testimony, like I said earlier, to help others. It also helps us in ways that sometimes you and I, when you're in the middle of something, you don't know why it's going on. You don't know. It seems like all hell's breaking loose on everything you do, everywhere you go. Everything, I, I've had it in my business where I'd go in there and it just seemed like everything. It's like everything was just fighting against me and I didn't know why. Sometimes I went through that stuff and then it's changed just like that and I still don't know why. But the thing is, he's trying to build our trust. He's trying to build our character. He's trying to build us and mold us into the image of his son so that we can help those around us, church, that does not have that faith in him. And also so we can help the ones that have never really matured, never have spiritually grown because they're not in the word of God. They don't read the word of God. And when you don't do those things, when those things are not, when the word of God and prayer time and, and learning of Jesus Christ and who he is, when that's not in your life, how do you expect to grow? I never could figure that one out. Bobby says it well. This is a hymn book. And if you don't read about him, you will never know him. You'll never know him like you need to know him. Sometimes I think we know him up here, but we don't know him in here. Sorry, I'm beating the tar out of that speaker. <laughs> Gotta be careful. <laughs> and then finally, I'm going to end with this. 
Jesus said over in Matthew. And you guys all know this very well. In the fifth chapter of Matthew, in the tenth verse, the Lord said this. He said, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So that tells me that if you're not persecuted and you're not going through trials and you're not going through things that's trying to change you and remove you from your life, you need to look out because you may not be on the path that leads to heaven. I don't know how else to put it, church. It says, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for his sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Friend, this is no new thing. Suffering and and the likes thereof has been going on since the beginning of time. Ever since Christ came, anybody that stands up for the word of God and for Jesus Christ, you're going to endure some kind of suffering or inflict some kind of pain in your life when you say, I've joined myself with Christ. It's automatic. Satan is not going to let you join the king of kings and not fight back against you. Others that do not love Jesus Christ do not love the gospel, and that's most men because we read here at the beginning of this, what did it say? It, it, it said that, uh, that sin reigns in the hearts of men. It reigns in there. It sets on the throne of their heart, and it reigns. They would just as soon do evil as do good any day of the week. That's how we are in our natural sin nature. And those that are not regenerated, those that are not come to Christ, those that won't respond to the gospel, they have, they have not that hope. They don't have the hope that we have after we come to Christ. I'm not trying to negate suffering. And I'm not trying to say that the things you're going through are petty because they're not. They're real. And they're real to you and they're real to your family. And they can be really, really hard. But the thing that I know that God is saying today is in these sufferings, in these things, in these trials that he's trying to remove these things out of your life. And he's trying to correct you. He's trying to raise you up. He's trying to get you to a point where he can use you to reach others. That is our goal in life. Is to be. It should be your goal in life, I should say. To be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ in order to help others to draw them to Christ. If that's not your goal in life and that's not something you do, you need to start. That's why you're still here. If not, he would save you, bonk you in the head, and take you on home. But he don't. He leaves us here. And then that transformation has to take place. Some of you have been in trials for a long time now. Some of you have got things, and you've got things that's afflicted you. You've got problems in your life. You've got things in your heart that only you and Jesus know about. You've got things coming against you and your family that only you and God know about. And you've sat back and you've kept silent. You've not brought it to God. I'm going to encourage you today, church. We need to come up to these altars. We need to reach out to the one. The only one that has the power to reach in and change that dirty heart. To clean you up. To set you right and get you back on the right path is Jesus Christ. Through the Holy Spirit. So why? Why would we not come? We sat back there because of pride. We sat back there because the one next to us thinks we're walking the perfect walk and we're not. Get that garbage out of your way this morning and don't let nothing hold you back. You didn't let it hold you back when you came to Christ if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian this morning, you need not let it hold you back today. He will loose those bands for you. He will give you the strength. He will give you the support that you need to not only come to Christ but to walk 
with him daily. I lived that life of out there, a drunken mess, most of my life. So I know what I'm talking about. Don't tell me he can't take it away from you. Because there stands one right in front of you as a testimony that used to get up every day and every day of my life. I was an alcoholic. All I cared about was where am I going to get my next drink. I worked and I drank. I worked and I drank. And I thought I was only affecting me. But at the whole time, I was destroying my whole family. And I couldn't see it because Satan put, excuse me, had put those blinders on my eyes. And I thought, only one I'm hurting is me. So get out of my way and leave me alone. But God delivered me. And I praise him for that. 10, 12 years ago, I wouldn't have been here preaching to you saying Jesus loves you. I'd have been sitting on a bar stool down there saying, what are them nuts doing? God can do miraculous things if you will come to him. Let's come to him this morning, church. I feel like God is just wanting to draw you. God is wanting us to bring our problems to him. There's some of you that's got physical problems. God is willing and able to heal you this morning. He can't heal you if you won't come. If you won't accept healing by faith, he's not going to heal you. You accept your salvation by faith. You accept healing by faith. Everything we get is through faith in the shed blood of what Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary. He made the atonement. He sits at the right hand of the Father. And all we've got to do is ask. He said, whoever asks, he will freely give. So don't sit there burdened down by those things no more. Release it to this morning. Give it to him. He's the one that wants it. He can take that out of your life and make you a brand new creature in Christ Jesus this morning. I'm done. <laughs> Matthew, if you guys want to get a song or whatever it is you want to sing. Church, I'm telling you. We need to be listening. To what the Spirit of God is saying. Tim gets up here and he preaches, and I'm not trying to lift Pastor Tim up. I'm not lifting anybody else up. The teachers, Connie, and all of them. I'm telling you, the signs of the times, the words that go forth, the things that the Holy Spirit has delivered unto us. When are we going to lend an ear to that and listen? Like I said, He loves us, church. He's trying to help us. He wants to deliver us from things that bind us. He wants to. Help us to be what we can be, what you and I can't even see ourselves as being. Trust me, growing up, I never believed that I would be standing up here doing this, this work. It was never in my sight. Never, ever. And sometimes I still question <coughs> and wonder. And I know I shouldn't, Duran. I know I shouldn't. I know God has called me to this. And sometimes I still question and wonder. But then every time I think, nah. I'm not going to do that no more. You know what he says? Bobby, he says, but how are they going to hear the gospel? It, that's it. That Every time I start to murmur and whine and complain, Lord, he says, how are they going to hear the gospel? Friend, I don't know what's hindering you today, but unchain from that today and bring yourself to Christ. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, you're, you're missing out. And now are you coming to, to something that's just going to create and make you perfect and all your problems are going to go away? No. No, you're not. But he'll go through them with you. He'll make the transformation in your life. And he'll make it a lot easier than that bumpy road that you're going down now. There's things in your heart. Maybe, maybe it's a loved one that said something or hurt you. You've been wounded in church. 
whatever the problem is that's been causing that suffering, that you fell into bitterness or you, unforgiveness and you won't forgive someone, bring it to the feet of Jesus this morning and give it to him. Let him take that from you so you can get back up and walk in a right fellowship with the Lord this morning. I thank you for your time this morning. Thank you and God bless you. Lord, I promised you I'd walk every step of the way, and I told you I would stand for you, no matter what men say.
you're going to go on forward. You know, if you go on forward without him, you'll find yourself farther away from him. And you may have others that are watching your life, others that you're going to be accountable to. Mommies, daddies, you got children. God has spoken to you today. God has spoken to every one of us. He's pleading with us to get back in alignment and stay close to Him. That means you have to drop some things. That means you have to go on forward. Grand song about going on with Him. I'm going on. How can I go on if I accept walking in this pledge, walking in disobedience and in rebellion of what God's Word says? Only you know. Did you know? Only you know and God knows. It's not what others know about you. It's what God knows. God knows what's inside of you. I want you to hear. I want you to stand there until you're sure. I don't want you to leave the way you are because God is pleading with you. Not trying to hold you here. If you have to go, you can go. But I want you to know this altar's open for all of us, and He's telling us we need to be prepared to go forward. We can't go forward the way we are. Isn't that a beautiful grace of God that he keeps working on us, keeps loving on us, keeps correcting us. So come while they sing. Yeah. 